Indeed, she had little but pity for the vanquished. So great were the spoils. Never had Rhizome risen to such a pitch of enthusiasm, and with good cause had it done so now. For of all the wonderful and exciting things that had ever happened there, these seances were the most delirious. And better even than the excitement of Rhizome was the cause of its excitement, for spiritualism and the truth of inexplicable psychic phenomena had flashed upon them all. Tableau, romps, yoga, the Moonlight Sonata, Shakespeare, Christian science, Olga herself, uric acid, Elizabethan furniture, the engagement of Colonel Boucher and Mrs. Weston, all these tremendous topics had paled like fire in the sunlight before the revelation that had now dawned. By practice and patience, by zealous concentration on crystals and palms, by the waiting for automatic script to develop, you attained to the highest mysteries, and could evoke Cardinal Newman or Pocky. There was the bed in which the Sibyl had slept, there was the fresh vase of flowers, difficult to procure in November but still obtainable, which she loved to have standing near her. There was the chest of drawers in which she had put her clothes, and Mrs. Quantock pulled them open one by one, finding fresh emanations and vibrations everywhere. The lowest one stuck a little, and she had to use force to it. The smile was struck from her face as it flew open. Inside it were billows and billows of the finest possible muslin. Fold after fold of it she drew out, and with it there came a pair of false eyebrows. She recognised them at once as being Amadeo's. The muslin belonged to Pocky as well. She needed but a moment's concentrated thought, and in swift succession rejected two courses of action that suggested themselves. The first was to use the muslin herself. It would make summer garments for years. The chief reason against that was that she was a little old for muslin. The second course was to send the whole paraphernalia back to her dear friend with or without a comment. But that would be tantamount to a direct accusation of fraud. Never any more, if she did that, could she dispense her dear friend to rise on like an expensive drug. She would not so utterly burn her boats. There remained only one other judicious course of action, and she got to work. It had been a cold morning, clear and frosty, and she had caused a good fire to be lit in the princess's bedroom for her to dress by. It still prospered in the grate, and Mrs. Quantock, having shut the door and locked it, put on to it the false eyebrows which, as they turned to ash, flew up the chimney. Then she fed it with muslin, yards and yards of muslin she poured on to it. Never had there been so much muslin, nor that so exquisitely fine. It went to her heart to burn it, but there was no time for minor considerations. Every atom of that evidence must be purged by fire.' 